Welcome to Resilient Forward, a podcast created by Bagay Group to educate the public and promote solutions to Florida's most challenging environmental issues. I'm your host, Irela Bagay. I've been a longtime advocate of the environment and the economy. I invite you to join me as we showcase resilient solutions, feature innovative strategies, products, and services from prominent members of the business community, including industry leaders, advocates, and elected officials all engaged in developing and implementing resilient solutions in their community. So we're here with Stephen Bourne. He's a project director at Atkins, and Atkins is one of the world's most respected design, engineering, and project management firms. And Steve has been leading a team that has been working with stakeholders and cities and local governments to evaluate um, their resilience and really what's needed for these communities to become more resilient in, into the future knowing climate change challenges are happening and so forth. Um, so I'm interested, Steve, on what motivated you to become part of this team and lead this effort and also um, how Atkins sees why this is important for their company. Okay, good. Hey, Irela. It's, <laughs> Welcome uh, to Resilient Forward. <laughs> it's good to be here. Um, uh, that's an interesting question. I, I think in, in many ways, um, I've been working on resilience my whole career. You know, it's, um, I started in, uh, at Georgia Tech in grad school doing decision support systems to run, you know, big river basins like the Nile River. Oh, wow. In Africa. Wow. Um, UN-sponsored projects where we would, you know, build a tool, a software tool, and go over to that part of the world, and 30 engineers from 10 different countries in the Nile River Basin would come and, and you know, uh, see our tool and, and learn how to optimize their, uh, you know, what limited water resources they have. Right. And when you say tool, it's basically a modeling software tool, right? Where right, you can right, right. plug and play kind of, kind of, you know, different scenarios and different um, features into this river, let's say, and, you know, and, and see how it functions in different ways, right? Right, right. Like, you know, uh, let's stop the water flowing down to Egypt and use it up in, in, in Uganda. That was a popular idea in Uganda. Wow. Uh, Egypt did not like it. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah they, they would be very violent about that, actually. But, yeah, you could do things like that, right. you know, um, right. sort of. You know, there's a limited resource. Um, you know, Obviously, water, especially water. in that part of the world where, right. you know, there's so right. much water scarcity. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, you can find win-win situations. Uh, you just have to look for them. Um, so that's what these software tools that we develop, that's what we're trying to do is to, is to sort of thread the needle for communities. Right. And um, point out sometimes very indirect solutions that actually end up making the whole community resilient. And so give me an example of some of these indirect solutions, for example. Yeah, um, so we're, we're very um, R&D at Atkins. Uh, you know, we like to kind of explore and push the envelope. Um, one of our first applications, actually, of, of our city simulator tool is the tool we're doing right now for resilience, um, was in the Dominican Republic. Um, um, 
Las Terrenas, which is a, a resort town on the north coast. Uh-huh. Uh, that became kind of our lab city. You know, we would try everything to that town. Oh, that's great. So um, you had a lot of like support from the city government yes, to yes, just yes, basically yeah. become their lab. We'd go down there and meet with uh, the city stakeholders and talk about, um, you know, what can we do in Las Terrenas? Right. It was a USAID funded project. Oh, nice. Um, Not a shabby place to be in a beach resort it in, was in, nice. in, in the yeah. DR, <laughs> I got to say. I wish that project kept going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what we, w we would try things like, um, you know, because it's, it's, you know, built in such a way that the center of town is right in a floodplain. Wow. Okay, you know? so they're like in a bowl, pretty they're, much. They're in a bowl. So they get flooded all the time, every three weeks, they said, you know. And if you looked around the architecture of the town, it was all just concrete, so it was kind of built to flood all the wow. time. Wow! Every three weeks, was it this mainly like um, it's just rainfall issues? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, um, the tropical torrential right, rainfalls. Right, right, Okay, um, okay. Um, you're right in the, like you're watching the river, you know, next to uh, the main street of town. Right. And um, you know, just every three weeks, you'd get you know the five-year storm, and that would be enough to you know flood things. Oh wow! Um, so what we would do, you know, typically a community's reaction to that is, well, let's harden things, let's build things, let's elevate right, things, right. let's you know, bring in more concrete, that'll right, do it. Right. Um, but we thought, well, what if we got people out of that part of town? You know, um, let's, let's add a fiber optic network to the whole town and make sure that people can, you know, stay at home and work if they need to. Oh, that's brilliant. You know, uh, uh, the professional services type jobs, mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe they could just stay out of the central business district and work elsewhere. Um, what we showed when we added that network um, uh, was a drop in flood damage, obviously, because people aren't building in the central part of town. Right. Um, but we also saw a drop in congestion of 27%. Right. And I would assume know? business continuity uh, continued, obviously, because right. it wasn't right. disrupted by, you know, these constant floods. Right. Businesses could keep going. Mm -hmm. Fewer days per year, they were, you know, not able to open. Um, like the kind of things we're seeing in Miami right now, um, you know, the dry cleaner on Main Street can't open 30 right. days of the year because right. he's seeing the street in front of him flooding. Right. From, uh, from king tide flooding, right. tidal flooding. Um, with our city simulator, we could simulate all of that happening in this little resort town. That's very cool. And explore options like that. Like, so you no know, one thinks, well, let's build a fiber optic network when they see flooding in the, you know, mm -hmm. in the central business district. But with a, with, um, you know, a tool like City Simulator, you can explore things like right. that. Right. You can pre-plan and see if it works before right. you even invest the money in the solution. Right. So, you know, that kind of brings me, you know, to talk about hurricanes because those are like the biggest threats. And we've seen, you know, the past couple of years, Texas and Florida and Puerto Rico all being devastating, you know, devastated by many of these storms and flooding. And so... You know, how how can we use these kinds of solutions to help these communities plan better for the future and become more resilient? Obviously, we're, hurricanes are not going to go away, and we know, and it's predicted that they're just going to get stronger and more fierce. So, you know, knowing that, how how are you and your team working to with some of these communities, actually? I know that you're working in Puerto Rico as well, right? Very much, yeah. Yeah, um, um, and and then they're response. they're really they're really committed to cutting edge and and really becoming another lab. 
mm-hmm. um, of resilience, which which is very exciting because you know Caribbean is is always at risk. And they need it down there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, we are a big FEMA contractor. Um, you know that's that's probably our biggest North American client. I think um, a lot of people's <laughs> client lately. <laughs> <Yeah>. lately. <laughs> and, and I mean, and we do everything for FEMA. You know, when the hurricanes hit Puerto Rico, we were you know, getting meals made up here in the U.S. and flying them down there. Right, to, right. You know, so we're, we're, you know, involved in the whole process, preparing, uh, building, uh, emergency response, the whole thing. Um, in our city simulator, we were actually uh, improving it so that we actually capture the emergency when it happens oh. and the response. Okay. Um, that's a critical time right there. Maybe that's three weeks. Right. Um, what communities can do is, you know, obviously prepare for that. You want to harden your community. You want to make make it so that the impact is is less. Um, but you know, the thinking though, our thinking is that there is no community that can handle a Cat Four hurricane. Right. You know, you're going to get mean, an impact. You're going to get an impact, and it's right. going to be severe. But right. you know, the whole the definition of resilience is bouncing back quick, right. quicker. Right. You know, not staying. St- stuck in, in your in your disaster. So to that end, um, uh, we're modeling in our city simulator uh, in the, that three week period or so after a hurricane hits. Um, what if the town has, you know, electric microgrids? Right. So you can like, the, the electrical system is such that you just plug in a generator at one spot mm-hmm. and the whole central business district has power again. Little mini grids in, 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 key, right. in, key, right. in key locations. Exactly. Um, you know, one of the key things we find is, is a real problem after a disaster like that is, you know, perhaps a person's house didn't get flooded, they can get around, mm-hmm. but they can't use an ATM machine. Right. Because there's no power. Right. So they have you know? no money. Right. Um, right. I think, you know, and, and that's obviously money is an issue in, in, any, in any event because it's happened here in Miami where, you know, we always prep everybody. You see the lines in the ATMs like a few days before the hurricane, you right. know, <laughs> because and people they run are pre- out. And right. then they run out and people yeah. are preparing. But I, you know, what I saw that was so, um, I mean, it just hit me so hard in Puerto Rico was the lack of fresh water and drinking water and that people were actually going into contaminated sources just mm-hmm. to drink water. And that to me was tragic. And I don't know if you guys are looking at those facilities because to me, water is life. You, you can probably, you know, survive um, many situations, but without drinking water, you're going to die. Right. Absolutely. Um, and we, we are, uh, you know, in the pre- preparing stage, mm-hmm. the very early stage. Um, you know, you, we need, uh, particularly in a low-lying place like Florida, we need to start thinking about um, raising the plants, like the water, the water treatment plants. plant. Right. Um, there is a community around here. I forget the name of the community, but um, they they were you know gung ho about uh, making sure their water plant was going to work no matter what. So they built it to Cat Five level. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, sort of like the emergency operations center up at South Florida Water Management District. Yes, you know, yes. that building will stay there. Oh yes, no I've been what. to the to yeah, that yeah. ELC. <laughs> um, so th- this water plant was planned out to be like that. It was raised thirty feet in the air. Right. You know, so it would keep operating no matter what, like no matter storm what. surge could come yeah, through, through uh, no matter what, um, and water would be supplied. So that's... Well, I know that our, you know, Miami-Dade Water and Sewer did, you know, when they when they started their capital improvements project and plan, 
um, they did take sea level rise and, and storm surge into account with a lot of like the, you know, um, upgraded infrastructure that they're conducting with their capital improvements plan uh, mm-hmm. for the next 20 years. And, and they're look, they've, they've looked and modeled and understand the vulnerabilities of each plant, which I think is a very proactive step for any government. Understanding that, you know, 50 years from now, you know, they need to plan 50 years ahead, knowing that sea level rise will be different. At least We're gonna, 50 years. At least yeah. 50 years. But some of these plants have a life cycle, as you know. Right. So the city simulator, we can we can put those variables into your model and model that too. Right. That's right. cool. Yeah. And, and, and we can get real pragmatic about it. You know, it can be like we did a study again for South Florida Water Management District about their operations and maintenance. Um, all of their facilities, canals, pumps, spillways, you know, they cover the whole of South Florida. Right. Um, and they all need to be maintained, replaced, oh, refurbished, I know. you know, I know on a regular well. basis. <laughs> you know, we, we worked out our first scenario. We put the whole system into uh, a tool like City Simulator and we rolled it into the future. And our first scenario showed that in some years they needed $14 billion just to maintain the system. Yes. And that was primarily because most of their assets were installed at the same time back in 1950. Yeah, so I know. So 100 years hits, they all have, they have to work on all of them at the same time. What know? I find remarkable that, about that particular system, we can get into that a little more, is that it's still functioning Yeah. to this day. Functioning it's well. Functioning yeah. well mm-hmm. enough. I mean, I, I don't feel confident that it could be, that it could survive a cat four or five, you know. <laughs> and I'm sure that your city similar told you the same thing. In fact, recently we were, I was in a meeting, I was invited to a meeting and, and the Army Corps of Engineers was there and so was the Water Management District. And I think they referenced your study um, where they talked about the structures that are used to move water in and out of the system through the canal system. And there's about 25 structures in South Florida that are vulnerable right now. For, to sea level rise and also to to storm to extremely, to, to extremely vulnerable. vulnerable right right and so there's more than that so and, and yeah. that's that has nothing to do with Everglades restoration you mm-hmm. know to, to be clear to our listeners because every time people talk about the the South Florida Water Management District and the Army Corps of Engineers they, they, they focus on the Everglades projects and those are restoration projects and they're needed but what's also needed is you know this upgrading of this water infrastructure. And um, so that takes me to, to a question on, you know, what types of upgrades do some of these flood prone areas and cities uh, need to, to do to, um, to make them more resilient? And mm-hmm. I guess you can, you can actually say, okay, if we, if we upgrade these structures in your simulator, you can plug in that information. If we, if we elevate, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, it is, pump it is. stations, you know, you can you you you're you're gonna extend the life, or you can you know become more flood pr- uh, flood proof. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's called City Simulator, and that sounds a <laughs> lot like Sim City, and yeah. that that's on purpose. Yeah. Um, um, you can do all of that, uh, and and see what happens. You know, in the future, um, we are constantly evolving our menu of things you can do. Um, you know, right now we're, we're exploring, well, what if you, uh, you know, uh, created coral reefs? You know, um, the sea walls are a popular idea, mm-hmm. but, you know, a lot of people think they're uh, not good for the environment, not particularly aesthetically pleasing. Right. Um, but, you know, coral 
coral reefs can can kind of do the same thing. They break the, the storm surge. Of course. Down. They, I mean, we, we've already yeah. seen um, a few studies come out of, uh, you know, local um, universities here that basically put a, a value, mm-hmm. you know, monetary value to coral reefs because of that, because right. they're, a, they're a storm surge protector and, and mangroves as well. So you, that's a new thing that's happening that, you know, we, we've been so accustomed to, to in, implementing great infrastructure to everything um, and cement and, right, and, right. And, and, and pumps and pipes and all this and, you it's know, digging canals. It's yeah. not always the answer. And we're starting to realize that nature has always been our protector. Um, and so I, I know that there's many organizations working with, you know, entities and companies like, your, like yours working together with incorporating green infrastructure. So you can also model that through the city simulator, which is you, very you exciting. You can, yeah. Yeah, our menu continues to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, places like uh, down here in the Miami area, um, the popular ones are things like um, second floor conversions for buildings, mm-hmm. where you, you take what is the first floor right now and make that the parking lot and make the second floor the first floor. Right. You know. Um, and these are are these retro are these retrofits or retrofits, are these new right, so because right. that's another thing like we have a lot of new construction and I think those developers um, are incorporating a lot of these you know exactly yeah. uh, solutions already but you know there's a lot of built infrastructure mm-hmm. that needs to be retrofitted in some of these vulnerable areas and it doesn't have to be you know raise the entire building it can be an adaptive solution like that right that's not so costly right 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 because it's very costly to like lift something off the ground <laughs> it, it is pretty pricey yeah. <laughs> yeah um the but i mean we we underscore with our with our tool like the the thinking behind our tool is that you can't just do it one building at a time. You really have to look at the whole city. Of course. And you have to pick your solutions such that um, they, uh, you know, they're manageable from a cost perspective, um, but they achieve the, the highest citywide uh, uh, improvement in resilience. Right. And, and, and give me an example of like one of the cities you've been working with. It doesn't have to be Florida. It could be anywhere. I mean, we have listeners that listen from everywhere. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we have active projects going in Boulder County right now and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, there's exciting things happening there. Um, the tool is very detailed. So, you know, let, yesterday I had a meeting where we were talking about, um, you know, it had found the 15 culverts across the county of Boulder that are the problem culverts, you know. Oh. Um, so it's like the culverts where there's both a lot of traffic and uh, they're prone to flooding. Okay. Like those are the problem culprits, okay. you know, and, and, and they're quite often they're a surprise, you know, because it's, it doesn't have to be like the most trafficked roads. Right. It's the most trafficked roads that are interrupted, you know, and that's what the tool's trying to figure out is where are the interruptions happening. Right. Um, and, you know, we're talking about, you know, average annual daily trips across these culverts and how can we, uh, um, stop the interruptions of those trips right because it causes you know traffic jams and everything else and i'm I'm glad you brought up traffic (laughs) one of our biggest (laughs) challenges here in miami dade county as well but um you know the city simulator isn't just specific to flooding or disaster recovery or preparation it's also you can also simulate if we implement um transportation solutions to a urban setting, for example, or you know, some upgrades to the system, how that 
that also you can also simulate that and 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 show the improvements to mobility. Yeah, and that's that's what I mean by you know we got to go citywide. Mm -hmm. We have to go subject wide as right. well. You know, right. it's it's not just disasters. It's not just water. Right. Like one of our uh, quotes that we use is you know it's a long modeling road from water surface elevation to economic productivity. Right. But we have to take that road. You know, it's a new kind of modeling that we're doing where um, we are integrating the disciplines. You know, they're all siloed, really. Like if you go to, go to college, for mm -hmm. example, you say, I'm going to be an engineer. That's already a silo. And then you say, I'm going to be a civil engineer. That's another silo. Right. And then you say, I'm going to be an environmental engineer. That's another silo. Um, and here they're all talking together. To get the resilience answer, you have to actually integrate it all back together. Yeah. Yeah. So that you're modeling, like I said, uh, trips interrupted across culverts. We know that because we're actually modeling a virtual population rolling around uh, Boulder County every day. And we're modeling new buildings being built um, as we go into the future. Um, those buildings being filled up with people, the economics of all of it, um, where those people live. And that helps us to get down to which roads do they travel. Cool. You know? Um, and so we can say decades into the future, this road right here, this is our estimate of how busy it's going to be. And this is our estimate of if you improve this culvert, this is the return on investment. Wow. Uh, not just now, but, you know, over the lifetime of, the, of that improvement. Um, you know, and this, you know, this makes me think about all the policymakers that, you know, obviously we, we engage in, engage with in our business as consultants. And um, a tool like this, if I was, you know, a mayor of a city or of a county, for example, or even the governor, I mean, you could probably simulate the entire state, I would think, <laughs> if you, if, if, if with, a, with the right amount of money. We need a big computer. Yeah. <laughs> a big computer, a big computer and, and a lot of money. Right. But, but really, it's a great decision-making tool because, you know, you, there's only so much money and so many bonds and so many taxes that that a community is able to you know contribute mm -hmm. to some of these solutions so it's in a way helping you kind of predict you know what road to take um, as far as you know what solution is going to work and what solution is not going to work ahead of time so it's it's a very pro proactive tool rather than react to something you know that yeah we, we we modeled it and we did the study and we constructed it and now it just kind of doesn't work anymore right right no you can get in there and play around and 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 continue to do so you know i, I wanted to mention it's very collaborative right um which is which is something i think we really need um you know last week in our summit i mentioned you know the three things are get the information work together and think outside the box you yeah. know that those are the Really, what communities? I have love to that do. quote, and I think we tweeted it out. Um, and and you're <laughs> right. referencing the uh, res the, the uh, resilient solutions summit that's hosted um, annually by the Greater Miami Chamber of Commerce, and you know um, was fortunate to MC the event, and it was very it was it was we had some really good conversations, and and I really enjoyed your panel because we did talk about you know uh, we really did t go deep into the city simulator, and I think a lot of our audience didn't even know that existed, that tool existed. So you might yeah, get some customers out of these that. Tools, <laughs> these tools are needed. Um, they are needed. And I think and that... And so are, so are summits like that. Everybody uh, go to the 2020 summit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really come, worthwhile. Come to Miami. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, I think it's great that Atkins, you know, is working with, in a collaborative approach with 
communities, and when I say communities, it's elected officials and also stakeholders and citizens and, and residents and developers and developers and the insurance industry exactly. and all the. I mean, we need to have the opinion of everybody involved, right? So that we know what to model. And that's why the know? I always say the business community is very important. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the environment is the economy. That's always my tagline. And and I, you know, with all these climate challenges that we're facing, I think it's important to you know, make the right decisions with, you know, and use the right tools. And so, you know, and that's the reason we started this podcast to talk about solutions and things that, and, and, you know, showcase some of the folks that are actually working on some real time solutions right now um, that people could use. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned the business community, banking and insurance. Um, and I think that there's a lot going on in government, and I'm talking about big government now. Congress um, has been talking about <laughs> the infrastructure bill for quite some time. They have, yeah. And, um, and I know that the talk, or at least the, the motivation, um, or what we've been hearing, is that their Congress and the president will probably pass a bill at some point. But they have been stating that they're going to want to see um, local governments and states, you know, match some of these grants that it's not going to just be the federal government coming in and helping like they always do. And, 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 and they're going to be wanting to see some communities contribute financially and also the private sector, which I find, you know, refreshing because I think the private sector is that missing link always. Um, they know how to do business. They know how to do, how to do things quickly because God knows some of these infrastructure projects take forever because we have government in the way um, and red tape and, and, and regulatory process. So um, give me an example of how some cities, by using the city simulator, can you know, kind of get ahead of, of that and, and show um, you know, when they go after some of these funds for some of these infrastructure projects. These are going to be grants, I assume, mm -hmm. um, and proposals that they have to put together. So some of these cities will be better, a lot better they have a better chance of getting funding if they use a simulator process and show, hey, look, if we, we, we've, already, we've already done the study, the simulation, the modeling to show that we need this infrastructure, whatever it, the infrastructure is. And, and yeah, I mean, I have a direct example of that. Um, FEMA, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we're a big FEMA contractor. Um, they have an R&D group, uh, innovation projects, mm -hmm. they call it. Um, we, uh, they saw the city simulator idea, this idea to simulate out into the future, um, and they thought, well, let's try that out with, um, let's make it simpler. So they came up with a concept, uh, mitigation decision support system. This is like an okay. iPhone app, right? Oh. You can go on to this app, say, this house, this house, and this house, I want to elevate them. And it'll run the, uh, the um, simulation process. Right on your phone. All right, right on your phone. <laughs> it's a prototype. You right. can't get this prototype, but right. you know, um, uh, you know, it's not on the App Store. Uh, but it's something that FEMA's thinking about. Um, but what it'll do is it'll try elevating your house, you know, a foot, two feet, three feet, four feet, five feet, and it'll work out the return on investment of each of those elevation that's, levels. That's amazing. And so you get a you get a curve in the end, and you're like, oh well, you know the. The place where the curve is highest, that's where I got to elevate to, you know. Um, and um, you're looking for, you know, it'll give you the cost of doing it. It'll give you um, return on investment is like losses avoided right. you know, over the next 30 years. 
how much damage do you avoid by doing this? And also, you know, let's say you have a 30 year mortgage, you know, mm -hmm. now, now you know that you're going to be able to live to the end of that mortgage right, cycle. Right, right. Gives you some confidence. Exactly. Um, and, you know, just kind of, this is what I mean by get the information. Like, it's so hard to get information like that about your own house, about your city. Um, you know, cities around the country in their CRS rating program, for example, they're trying to pick what let's, they're... Let's, let's define what that is because some sorry, people sorry. don't Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Community rating system. So this right. is a program that FEMA runs that, um, uh, you know, if you score highly on it, you get discounts on flood insurance. Right. Okay. So um, in that process, uh, communities are, you know, trying to understand, you know, where do we set our freeboard uh, across the community? And what is freeboard? Freeboard is um, how high do you have to elevate a new house above uh, the known flood level? Right. Um, uh, you know, in, in set by the city as a regulation. Um, you know, if you set that high enough, then, you know, most new homes are then protected. Right. Um, from flooding. And to that point, I mean, it's it's great because we, at, at the summit, you heard the mayor of Miami Beach, Dan Gilbert, talk about their community rating system and the fact that because they did some, you know, improvements to their, you know, everybody talks about Miami Beach and it's going to be underwater. And well, they're doing a lot of improvements and the community rating system went up and they've been saving millions of dollars in, in flood insurance. $28 million? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. that's significant for a community that basically is our lab. Mm -hmm. <laughs> our, right, and right. they've, you know, that, so that's a great message to get out there um, and, and that, that communities can simulate, can study, and then, and then implement some of these infrastructure projects and elevate their ratings. Well, that's, that's what I was gonna say, is those communities are struggling to understand if we set freeboard at three feet what does that mean for us? You know, right. I mean, how much more does that cost us every year to build new buildings? Right. And how much do we save our, on our insurance premiums if we do it? Um, you know, three feet, it's a simple number, um, but that's not really the number that moves the needle. You know, the, the number is, you know, how much are we going to have to pay for this? How exactly. much safer are we going to be? And why should we do it at, right. at the end of the day? So, right. yeah, there's, it does answer a lot of questions, so it's great to have a tool like that. Right. Well, that's cool. That hopefully the app will be available in the app store sometime soon. <laughs> it's a, you know, R and D is a long process. Right. Yeah, so, I know research yeah. and development. But we, right. you know, knowing that we don't have a whole lot of time, hopefully mm -hmm. FEMA will, you know, push the envelope even further and get it out to the public, um, which is very exciting. So, um, you know, we're gonna wrap up. If there's anything you you want to add to uh, our conversation with regards to City Simulator, any exciting upcoming. Um, events or projects that you're going to be working on, um, like a sneak peek? <laughs> well, I'm really happy with what we're doing in Atlanta right now, actually. Um, Atlanta has, Atlanta Regional Commission, mm -hmm. um, they've taken a very interesting approach to it. They said, uh, we don't want you to be running the model, we want to run the model. You know? Oh. So, you know, they have to do a six million person city. I know. Um, and, you know, so they didn't really have the budget to, to hire us to do the whole city anyway. Um, but they have a lot of really talented people at the Atlanta Regional Commission. So we are doing a pilot area for them. And, and they're like sitting there at the desk with us while we build the model. That's great. You know, um, and, you know, they're going to see the results, learn how to do it. They all become city simulators. And then they'll take it from there and, you know, do citywide models of, um, um, 
Uh, their, their focus is on transportation systems right. and their response to flood and heat in the next 30 years. You know, but we don't talk about heat that much. No. It's going to become a big, big deal. Um, yeah, trust me. And living know? in South Florida, you know, we feel it. We feel it stronger. I think every every summer we're like, right, right. God, this is hotter than last year. You know, we're always having <laughs> that conversation and it's like, you know, climate is changing. Well, at, at 108 degrees, uh, roads start to melt. Yeah, you know, people uh, don't know uh, that. <laughs> railroad tracks start to buckle, you know. Wow. Um, so th we're actually putting in models of that in the city simulator so that, um, you know, you get disruptions in transit, uh, disruptions, in more congestion right. on roads, things like that. But with, you know, I always say with, with information, then we can really create solutions, right. you know, like, you know, there could be a new innovation come out of this simulator because of all the information they're getting with regards to heat, for example. Cool streets. Who knows? <laughs> a cooling system for streets. I don't know. I mean, those are things and, and, that, that and can come out of Like of the first solutions are, uh, you know, air condition the bus stops. Right. You know, like simple right. things right. like that. Right. Um, uh, you know, hopefully power that with solar or something like that so right. that it's, it's not a carbon footprint issue. Yeah. Um, but there's so many solutions just by modeling something, you come, you, you, understanding, the, having the information on hand. And, you know, there's, and I always say there's, there's so much business opportunity with, you know, with climate change that people don't realize. Right. Just, just, right. By, just by understanding what's going to happen, you already, you're already ahead. And you know that you can implement some solutions and you can research and develop um, innovations and, and technologies to address some of these problems it's, into it's, the future. It's a big opportunity, actually. Mm -hmm. That's what we see when we, we look forward into the future. Is um, like a place like Miami is, um, you know, it's not Silicon Valley, but it's close. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of innovation down here. Smart parking, um, um, lots of resilience-focused solutions like that. Yeah. Um, in addition to just straight technology down here, um, you know, and all of that, if it's trained on the problem of uh, resilience, you know, we can come up with some brilliant solutions. Oh, I know. And that's what keeps me so optimistic about it. And the fact that, you know, our local governments and our county and even our state now is like moving in that direction and really investing and time, money, talent. And really looking at solutions and, and implementing things like right now, right, <laughs> short right. term, and then and obviously looking at long term as well. So I I, I am very excited, but I'm and I'm also glad that that you had the time to sit with us and talk to us about the city simulators. Very exciting work. Me too. Thanks for and having me. I ho uh, hope to to be able to play with it soon. Um, we're definitely going to um, uh, add the video to our website, you know, and and as we when we promote this. Um, podcast with you. We like to end all of our podcasts with a question, the same question for every guest. So Steve, okay. what does resilience mean to you? Resilience means bouncing back. You know, it means, um, you know, understanding that, you know, uh, we are going to be hit with adversity throughout our entire lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, but um, knowing it's coming, uh, knowing what to expect and knowing how to bounce back when it does. Um, that, that, you know, if you have all that, if you, if you have your eye on the ball there, um, then, then you're resilient. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time. Um, so thanks thank so much, you. Steve. Thanks, Irola.
for joining us on this episode of Resilient Forward. You can listen to other podcasts at resilientforward.com and follow us on Twitter at ResilientFWD. If you're interested in sponsoring our show or know someone who we should feature, please contact us. Remember, our environment is our economy.